I'm your host, AAA. Hello, hello, everyone. Happy Wednesday. Welcome back to all my listeners who have been listening in every week and to those who are tuning in for the first time. Hello. (laughs) So last week, I promised you that I would be uh, bringing uh, Miss Rochelle Holland back to uh, do some follow-up to her last uh, interview with us and I did and it was as wonderful as the first time talking with her so for those of you who are not familiar with Miss Rochelle she is the owner of Metamorphosis a business located in Austin Texas and she is a motivational speaker she is a thespian she is a counselor, and just all around amazing woman. So without further ado, I want us to jump right in because we were talking about some really interesting stuff that deals with how we, you know, not only we, but also society, the society around us you know, learn to hold things in and and how that holds us back at times, especially in the black community. You know, we don't share a lot with outsiders and how that harms us in the long run. So that was some of the stuff we were talking about. So before we dive in as well, You know, for those of you who've been listening to me for a while, you know, every time I do a Skype interview or a long distance interview, something always interrupts. Well, this time it was my husband's phone. So I did my best to minimize the noise a bit, but it was loud. I ain't gonna lie. So apologies to you all and especially to Rochelle because... You know, I never like to interrupt someone when they're sharing knowledge. So forgive me for that. And so here we go, y'all. And let's talk. If you've got any um, questions about anything we talk about this week, uh, please do reach out. And I'm going to have Rochelle's details on the link that is attached to the recording. All right. Here we go. Hey guys, so I'm back with Miss Rochelle Holland. Rochelle, thank you so much for joining us again. Once again, my pleasure. Thank you. 
We had a great response to your last interview, and I had some follow-up questions from some of our listeners, so I want us to jump right in. Okay. So one of the questions was, and I'm going to read what the uh, listener wrote here. They said, when someone grows up with the teaching that you should never air your dirty laundry, how does one then find the confidence to seek therapy? Well, that's, that's a difficult one, and it depends on the crises. And unfortunately, in our culture, whether you're male or female, mm-hmm. because it's really more challenging for a male in our culture to be willing to seek out therapy or counseling because somehow it appears that the males that I have worked with over the years feel as if the woman is not trusting his leadership or his ability. Mm -hmm. And for him to seek counseling appears to be a weakness and, or they do not want to let other people into their business or into their household because they've got this. When in fact, what the woman is saying is we don't have this. She's not saying you don't have this. She's saying, we don't have this and we need some additional help. And there's a frustration like a tug of war to where one partner is holding a rope on one end and the other on the other end. And you can see the smoke coming from the rope, from the friction of how tight each person is holding that rope to stand their ground. When in Hmm. fact, um, it's so important to turn to a neutral support system that is not biased one way or the other that has the ability to just simply listen because when partners turn to their family members, because that's usually what happens, they'll turn to their friends or their family and that sort of thing. And that is unfair to friends and family and Mm. people realize that that you're forcing your family and your friends to become your therapist. And now mm-hmm. they're not looking forward to your phone call or to right? your or to going out for cocktails or for lunch or dinner because they already know what you're going to talk about and they're not skilled or equipped to handle it and that is so unfair. So and sometimes you're kind of forcing them to pick a side in the exactly. you know in the which isn't right either. Exactly. And then when they pick a side and the two of you intimately decide to uh, uh, reconcile, Mm -hmm. now they don't know how to react or how to treat that person because you have decided to go back to, in quotes, the culprit. Right. And now they don't know how to receive you or how to receive the, quote, culprit because they now know how this person has allegedly treated you, mistreated you, or abused you, and it creates a strange chemistry that sometimes cannot Absolutely. even be with family members. So it is, it is very important uh, that no matter whether you're male or female or whatever your cultural uh, situation is or your ethnicity, African-Americans or... Africans or whomever you might be, 
seek a neutral outside resource that will allow both of you to hear each other, listen to each other, understand each other, and come up with a plan together that works for the two of you. Mm-hmm. Because no, the other people are not coming home with you. Exactly. Exactly. Now, from what you've seen at work, why are I want to I want to generalize and say people of color, but I think it's it does cross cultures here. Why are people so afraid of therapy? Because to me, I mean, I've gone to therapy a couple of times in my lifetime, and it has been the most helpful thing I've ever done for myself. It was a gift to myself. You know, our people really promote what goes on in this house stays in this house. Mm -hmm. And if you spread your business, you have no business. Right. And that you cannot trust outside people because they don't know you. They don't have your best intentions in place. Mm -hmm. Um, And then some of it just simply comes from that overbearing uh, fear, stress, and anxiety that's been instilled in us where we are not supposed to ask for help because it's a sign of weakness. Yes. We're not supposed to reach out to anyone because it's a sign of weakness and it's family embarrassment. Hmm. Parents, your parents, whether they're dead or alive, might feel embarrassed. Why do I say dead or alive? Because you can still hear the voices of the deceased in your head and in your heart and in your soul that's speaking to you that has said, don't you embarrass this family. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Better not put anything out there that's going to bring shame to this family. What goes on in this house stays in this house. And so all of that is instilled and, and, and what happens is that keeps us sick. Hmm. That keeps us wounded. That keeps us uh, from moving forward. That keeps us from breaking free from the shell that we're living in. It does not allow us to grow or to advance because every human being on this earth is entitled to feel freedom and the sense and the right to soar and to be free. And we should not be kept into the chains that bound us, that anchor us to our ancestors because those shackles have been broken. Hmm. Absolutely. There are so many more opportunities out here. And if we keep on holding on to old tradition that anchors us and that bounds us, we will never be free. And it's so important. See, it's possible to not be locked up or incarcerated in jail or in prison and to have incarceration in your spirit and in your emotions and in your mind. Absolutely. Hmm. (laughs) And we, just like we might turn to... uh, what do you call it? Um, 
the person that works in the meat market that cuts up your the butcher. The butcher. butcher. We turn to the butcher to tell the butcher what we need and want. The butcher specializes in that. So the butcher is going to cut away. If you say, I don't want a lot of fat. Okay, so the right. butcher's going to chop away the fat. Okay, well, the Holy Spirit will prune and chop away stuff that we don't need in our lives either. But we rebel against that because the Holy Spirit is a butcher too. Hmm. Wow, that, that's a great visual. Yes. See, and we don't turn to the Holy Spirit and say, cut out that which we don't need or, or, or should not have in our lives. We're constantly... Oh, but I love him. But I love her. <laughs> you know, yeah. I want him. I want her. You know, I, this is what I want, what I need. You know, let him not only be the potter on the potter's wheel, but let him be the pruner or the butcher to chop away that which is going to cause some cholesterol, some heart attack, some stroke, <laughs> some death, and all of the rest of that. Definitely. And by doing that, sometimes we have to go to a therapist mm -hmm. who is a butcher that's hmm. going to chop away some things that we don't want to see, that we yeah. don't want to fit, or that we don't want to feel emotionally, but we got to go to the butcher. Hmm. Whoo. You know, and you're speaking the truth there because I remember when I went to therapy, there were some things that I had hidden from myself. So when it came out, I was just like, what? Like, what, what? you know, you just hide something so far down and you don't even know that it's causing you harm in your daily life. And there's no way a friend is going to find that for you. You need a professional. Absolutely. You need a professional because I'm telling you, these issues transcend across every area of our lives we think we're only having a problem at home but we go to work mm -hmm. and therefore we transfer that problem into the workplace we go to church from that same perspective and emotional deficit we transcend that to church with our friends with our children in our community with our neighbors uh, with strangers in the heb or whatever grocery stores y'all have over there uh wherever we are we transcend these issues wherever we go, because wherever we go, we either are the problem or we take the problem or we're looking for the problem instead of a resolution for the problem. Absolutely. Sorry about that ringing in the background. My husband left his phone behind. <laughs> oh, no worries. No worries. <laughs> Hmm. Now, if someone picks up at least the courage to go to a therapist, how do they find, you know, how do they decide who it, who's going to help them the best? How do they, you know, because to me, it's a little bit of a trial and error. It's like going to the doctor. Not every doctor is for you. It's very, very important. I'm so glad you asked that question because a lot of people uh, go in uh, with the attitude of uh, uh, humility or being submissive or mm -hmm. having been oppressed or suppressed or defeated or, or destroyed or hurt. And so they're not in a place of strength mm -hmm. when they go to a therapist. 
when you go to the therapist, they will have a series of questions that they're asking you to assess what your needs, what your issues are, so they can determine that how they can assist you. You need to go in with a list of questions for the therapist to determine if they're the best one for you. It's just mm -hmm. like a job interview. When they ask you, do you have any questions? And you say, no, you're usually not going to get the job. Exactly. <laughs> because you have not been proactive in your thinking and they're looking for proactive thinkers. They're looking for outcome thinkers. They're looking for people that will raise issues and questions and so forth because they're ready to resolve them and work on those issues. So when you go in for a therapist, you need to have at least, you know, three to five questions for the therapist based on what you know you need or your family mm -hmm. needs or your children needs or your spouse needs or all of you need you need to have some questions to find out if they're qualified. And while you're sitting there in the room with that therapist, it is so important for you to determine if you like their spirit, if mm. you like their atmosphere, if you like their attitude, if you like the way they deal with you or assess you, if they're strong enough to combat you, to mm. redirect you, to address you. Because a lot of people go in, such as myself, who's very, very strong. And then you walk into those wimpy therapists who would just agree to anything you say. They are yes. not you. Hmm. You need a therapist that's willing to challenge you, to redirect you, to confront you, to force you to go into that uncomfortable place to where you're gonna crack and break and cry and be rebuilt. And it's mm -hmm. called reconstruction. You have to be reconstructed. You cannot walk out of the therapist's office feeling like you the champion because you overtook the therapist. <laughs> it, it's, it's really true. I remember, I, I, this was um, when I was closing down the theater and I was going through my divorce at the time. So I'd gone to a counselor and he, you know, here he was, you know, telling me, I had asked him about, oh, what does that, um, the community center that he worked with, what did they do? And then here I was talking about, oh, I'd love to volunteer and help you guys do this and do this. And then he stopped me and he said, that's wonderful. And I, you know, I like that you have a caring spirit, but we're here to help you, not anyone else. Exactly. You have okay. got to have a therapist that knows how to get you to put the brakes on, to mm -hmm. get you to see yourself, to get you to face your ugly stuff, to yes. know how to pull you and your other systems together, whether it's your husband, your children, your spouse, your cousin, your best friend, your lover, your whoever you're going to bring into that session. That therapist has got to be neutral, strong, and direct. Hmm. And it's up to you going in seeking the help to know the type of help you need, meaning you have to understand your own character traits, your own personality, your own style. You got to know if you're a manipulator. You got to know mm -hmm. if you're a liar. You got to know mm -hmm. if you're a secret closet user. You know, you got to know if you 
just enjoy hurting people. You got to know if you don't have any remorse. You got to know what you're about and be sick and tired of being sick and tired of being that way and find yourself a therapist that's going to pull you, snatch you, grip you, yank you out of those trenches. Hmm. Hmm. Wow. You cannot just go in there passively and just go, well, I have this issue and this person does this to me and says this to me and this is how I feel and so I just cry and 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 you're not owning your own stuff you need the therapist that's going to do x-ray vision some kind of radar or whatever that's going to zero in on your game and your your shame and and you playing people and using that particular card because it no longer works if you really you know, Jesus Christ said, and some people are not into Jesus, and that's okay. They could be, you know, into Buddha or the crystals or the Wiccan witch or whatever you are. I I, I don't know who or what you are, <laughs> but there is a word that says you have got to know who labors amongst you. And, and, and so it's very, very important that you know yourself. Yes. Some people think there's a scripture that says to thine own self be true. That's not in the Bible, but you know, no. but you need to be true to yourself so that you can go and seek the help that you need. Yes. You have got to be willing to confront your demons or your enemy or that which is destroying you or wounding you or holding you back. We can be our worst enemies, but we want to go into blame. We want to go into excuses. We want to play the victim. And, and that's not where victory is. Victory is confessing your sins or your issues or problems one to the other so that iron can sharpen iron and so that we can build each other up for the edification of hmm. that which has been promised to us because every last one of us was born on this earth and sent to this earth for a purpose many of us will miscarry or abort miscarriage yeah. is different than abortion miscarriage has nothing to do with you directly, intellectually, your determination, your initiative. You did not try to miscarry. But abortion is where you set out purposely to end that which is life within you, whatever your dream is. You know, whether you're carrying a child, whatever your purpose or your mission is, you are working against the call on your life and you need to recognize that there is a darkness and a power that grips you, that prevents you from carrying it out. You need help. Hmm. Absolutely. Now, what to, you have to have a desire greater hmm. than so. You know, I always say, pain plus desire equals motivation. So you have to have enough pain, but more desire to be motivated because if your pain is equal to your desire, then you're complacent and you're not moving forward. Right. Def definitely. 
Now, in Ghana, what I've seen is we don't really have a lot of counselors. People prefer to go to their pastors for counseling, which usually ends up with them not actually addressing what the issue was. How do you feel about this? Well, you know, it's always good to turn to your spiritual parent, your spiritual father, your spiritual mother. Um, All of that is wonderful. However, sometimes, and and I'm just going to be blunt, sometimes people are so spiritual and so heavenly that they're no earthly good. Now, if your spiritual mother or father can bring you into reality using scripture or using their own life experiences or just talking to you in a practical way, that can be beneficial because people go where they trust. Mm-hmm. And many of us trust the church. They trust the spiritual leadership. But in order to elevate and to push that leadership to a whole different level, you have to come from a raw place of truth. Mm-hmm. So that they're not only talking about superficial stuff. You have to tell your truth, your ugliness, your misbehavior your lack of respect toward whatever the situation is, you have to be willing to do more of the work than they are to force their hand to pull you through. Because otherwise, if they know you and they know you well and they love Mm -hmm. you and been loyal and faithful, they just want to help you to feel better. So they're going to use those scriptures that help you to feel better. And they're just going to encourage you and they're going to support you and they're going to just speak into your life. But you're going to have to come out with the truth yourself to get them to address that ugliness, to take you to a whole nother level so that you can be broken free from the prisons of your mind and your spirit and your attitude and your behavior from those secret places. Hmm. But sometimes I feel that they are not equipped to deal with some of the things. I mean, you often hear of, you know, let's say somebody who's um, like a sexual assault victim who's gone to their pastor and everything. And the pastor, frankly, isn't equipped to deal with this. So they say they send you home and say, pray about it. Mm. Right, you know, and I always come back with the Lord help those who help themselves, you know, and maybe I'm being shallow, but, uh, and they are reaching out trying to help themselves, but though services with therapists are limited in Ghana and various Mm -hmm. other parts of Africa, you know, I would say, you know, even if you've got to go online to find international counseling to where you're paying someone online that you have researched and found out to be legit, um, mm-hmm. uh, to where you're using Skype, uh, whatever the case may be, you know, you know, just whatever you need to do, I think it's very, very important. But the key is don't use your friends. Don't use your family as your therapist. If your pastor and his wife cannot help you, let them help you to the extent that they can help you because their hearts are in the right place. But now it's up to you to get some self-help books. You know, I don't care if you order off of Amazon, you know, uh, if you have to go on Skype or if you have to go on the internet, you know, maybe some of the safest things to do 
is to get some of the self-help books, maybe even attending workshops and conferences where people are addressing these areas specifically, even if you can't handle therapy. And then, you know, just making up your mind to perhaps even start a men's group of men who have been abused and offended or a woman's group of women who have been offended and how have they overcome and starting self-help groups in your community of people who have gone through this because you all can help each other. Someone Definitely. else has gotten on the other side. Yes. Yes. And that's true. We always think that our issues are unique, but often they aren't. Yes. Yes. Mm -hmm. So no matter what we go through, it's never about us. It's mm -hmm. always about me going through this, you going through this, them, y'all, and everybody else going through this to pull someone else through this. Mm -hmm. And that's why we say we're going through. Because that means you're not stuck in, you're passing through this murkiness, this dark place, this deep place, this, this place of strangulation and suffocation and hurt, pain and anxiety. But finally, you made it to the other side. And there were things that you did that helped you to make it through the other side. There were, there were mistakes that you made that you can now talk to someone else about so they don't have to go through that to get to the other side. And that person is a support group leader. Mm -hmm. That person can pull together a group for other women or other men or other couples that are going through this or other children that are going through this because our life experiences explain and dictate and express to us sometimes what our calling is. Absolutely. Ooh, Rochelle. Well, I would love to close out our conversation with what would you, what words of wisdom would you give somebody who is dealing with something right now that is heavy and too close to their heart that they can't handle alone? What would you say to them so that they I can? Say, I would say start writing in a journal. Mm-hmm. I have for since the 80s, I have kept a journal called Answered Prayer Journal. Okay. What I do is I write out the prayer and the date and I describe the setting where I am and the situation and I write what the issue is and make my prayer request. And then I skip a couple of lines and I write Answered Prayer and I wait. And then when that prayer is answered, then I fill in the date as to when it was answered and how it was answered, because I need to make sure that I remind myself in a tangible way that God answers prayer. Mm -hmm. That I am not alone, because mm -hmm. there are some things that I can only pray about. And so I pray about it in a tangible, physical way where I write a journal which eventually can be turned into a book or a movie, I assure you. Uh, <laughs> and, it, and it might gross more than Avatar or, or the You Avengers never know. Or, or yeah. the, the, what is this latest group that just come out that surpassed Avatar? It might rank out more than that. But, yes. um, and so 
I think writing is very, very helpful when you can't talk to other people. Um, you know, whether it's just a regular journal or an answered prayer journal. Uh, of course, prayer meditation is very important. And then having some positive affirmations where you're speaking to yourself in a positive way about your situation, that helps tremendously while you're still moving forward toward what God has called you to. Do not give up your joy for the enemy. The mm. enemy wants to see you suffering. That is their reason for doing what they're doing. So tell your face that you're full of joy. Happiness is based on what's happening in the moment. Joy is intrinsic. It's deep within. No one can steal or take your joy. Do not give up your joy because you can find a beautiful moment in any situation that is a lesson to be learned and or a lesson to be taught. So look for the little things that are so beautiful and so powerful, even as you're going through. Sometimes your baby might crawl into the room and do something that makes you laugh on a day that you want to cry. Hmm. Absolutely. You know, you know sometimes... You know, you might see an act of kindness on YouTube or or in the grocery store, in the market or, you know, with a family member or whatever the case may be. Seize and purposely look out for those moments that can bring you joy. If you can't get into therapy, if you can't get into counseling, write yourself into a good place. Or maybe you're an artist. Draw pictures. Maybe you're into music, make the music. Maybe you love to cook and clean, create a new recipe, clean in a new way, rearrange your home. There's so many positive things that you can do that helps you to feel better when you can't get to a therapist. Just identify with what your talent and your beauty and your strength is and be about that. Amen. Thank you so much. Again, every time I talk to you, I learn something and then some. <laughs> so, Rochelle, th thank you so much for joining us. And I, you know, I think we might have to do like a monthly session together. You know, Absolutely. we might have to, you know, talk, uh, talk about that because there are so many other topics that are coming up. So we might have to do a monthly podcast together. And yes. keep this going. <laughs> yes. So, so thank you for sharing your wisdom. Thank you for sharing your time. Uh, we appreciate you. And just want to say, have a blessed day. And we look forward to talking to you again. Okay. Beautiful. The pleasure is all mine. And as usual, I adore and admire you, my sister, Anita. <laughs> thank you. Oh.